Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Good morning, everyone. We find ourselves in some fairly unusual circumstances. I so wish that I could be there with you guys this morning, but none of that matters. Because today is about one thing and one thing only, and that is our great hope that Jesus is alive. Those aren't just empty words for us, they're the very basis of our faith. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Church, Jesus is alive, and because your life is found in Him, so are you. And we have so much to celebrate, so much to be grateful for. What did Graham say to us on Good Friday? The record of debt that stood against us has been cancelled. It's gone washed away by the blood of Jesus. You don't have to carry that anymore. It's been nailed to the cross. That's why Jesus came. That's what he accomplished on our behalf. We are free. Well, today I want to talk to you about what that means for us. Paul says that we've been taken from death to life, from darkness to light. Those aren't just words, they're life-changing truths. So how do we live as a group of people made alive in Christ? How do you live as someone whose slate has been wiped clean? Someone who's been welcomed into the triumphant procession of the King of Kings. See, we don't want this stuff to stay up here We want it to take root in our hearts, that we might be changed from the inside out. That we might step more and more into the joy and hope and life that Jesus has for us. So let's read our passage together. And then I've got three things that Jesus sets us free from. So here's Colossians chapter 3 verses 13 to 15. Paul says, when you were dead in your sins... And the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness. And the word there literally means the record of debt. He cancelled the record of debt which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So here's the first thing that Jesus sets us free from. It's our old sin-dead life. And I got that from the message, which I don't use that often, but I think that Eugene Peterson just nailed it with this passage. The message says, when you were stuck, Stuck in your old sin-dead life. You were incapable of responding to God. But God brought you alive right along with Christ. 
I love that translation because I think it helps us understand what it really means to be dead in our sin. We know that Paul isn't talking about physical death. I think that's just obvious. But even the idea of spiritual death is kind of ethereal. What does that actually mean? Well, in one sense, it's talking about a separation from God. We were cut off from the author of life that only ends one way, and that's in death. We kind of understand that aspect of spiritual death, but there's another side to it. And I think the message really helps us grab hold of that. It says we were stuck in our old sin-dead life. In other words, we were lost and without hope. Why? Because we were incapable of responding to God. It's not just that we were cut off from the author of life. It's that sin so corrupted us that in and of ourselves, we were completely incapable of even responding to the goodness of God. It's the cry of Moses And Jeremiah and Ezekiel, all throughout the Old Testament, that we desperately needed God to give us new hearts. Because our old ones had completely and spiritually completely flatlined. We needed Him to come to us. And that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross. He lived the life that we should have lived and He died the death that we should have died. He did what we couldn't possibly hope to do. He took our place and set us free. Here's what I think that means for us. Because we don't want that to just be a wonderful theological truth. We want it to be something that informs our lives. So here's what it means means that we're no longer slaves to sin. We're not stuck in our old sin-dead life anymore. We're free to follow Him. Free to walk in obedience and righteousness. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not a perfect person. I get it wrong. I am absolutely a work in progress. So I still sin, but the cross means that I don't have to. There's a whole new avenue and way of life that's been opened up to me because of the cross. That there is a real and distinct opportunity for me to walk in obedience, in relationship with the God and King of the universe. To step into life. You know, sometimes we struggle with a particular sin for such a long period of time that we start to lose hope. Will I ever conquer this? Will I ever be free of this? I don't know, maybe this is just who I am. The cross stands as an everlasting reminder that you are free. Never lose hope. As Paul says, I am sure that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Press into Jesus. Never lose hope because you are free. 
Here's the second thing that Jesus frees us from. It's shame. Paul says that God forgave us all our sin. That word is passing. It means each, every, any, all, the whole, everything. I think you get the point. That God forgave all our sin. Our past, present and future sin. It's gone. The record of debt that stood against us was nailed to the cross. So when the Father looks at you, He doesn't see your brokenness anymore. He sees the perfection of Jesus. Just think about that for a second. When He looks at you, He sees Jesus. And yet so many of us still struggle with shame. You know, there's some people here this morning who would say, listen... I know that God loves me. The Bible makes that pretty clear. But if I'm honest, there's a part of me that wonders if he's not just a little bit disappointed in me. So many of us know in here that a record of debt is gone forever, but struggle to let that take root in here. And so live as if that's actually not true. And I'll give you an example. How many of us, when we sin, and we really stuff up, and and we know it, how many of us just kind of avoid God for a while? We're not walking away. We, We fully intend on coming back and saying, Oh, you know what? God, I really stuffed up. That was just such a stupid thing to do, and I'm sorry. That we absolutely intend on doing that. It's just that we want to put a bit of distance between us and that ugly thing over there first. That's called shame. It really is. And it says to us that even though we say it's all about Jesus and what He's done, there's a part of us that still buys into this notion that our acceptance before the Father is somehow based on our righteousness and not His. And maybe we would never say that, but that's what our actions reveal. So here's how you know that this great truth has taken root in your heart. When you sin, you really stuff up. I'm not talking about some inconsequential thing. When you really stuff up and then immediately turn to the Lord and say, Oh God, I'm sorry. Thank you so much for the cross. Thank you for your grace and mercy and everlasting love. That's when you know that this has taken root in here. You see, free people don't run away from Jesus in their darkest moments. They don't have to. Because they know that their standing before the Father is untouchable. They know that it has nothing to do with them or their good works. It never has. They know that it's all about the cross. So free people run to Jesus. In the darkest moments. Which leads me to the third thing that Jesus frees us from, and that's striving. I don't know if you noticed, but Paul doesn't speak about us as an active participant in this passage at all. 
God made us alive in Christ. He dealt with our sin. He cancelled the record of debt that stood against us. He nailed it to the cross. It's His victory. That's a beautiful truth that frees us from any pitiful attempts to earn what God has already given us as a gift. Not because we deserve it, because He's good. Because he loves us with an everlasting love. In this passage, Paul is using the image of a Roman general and his triumphant parade. It's something that his audience would have been incredibly familiar with. Something they would have been able to picture in their minds. You see, after a successful campaign, a Roman general would strip his conquered foes of their weapons and armor and then parade them through the streets. And he would be at the head of the parade and they would be way down the back in chains, utterly defeated. It was a walk of shame. So you've got to understand, Paul is saying, when you think about the cross, that's what you should see. The one eternally destructive weapon that Satan actually had was stripped from his hand. He's called the accuser for a reason. It is his greatest weapon. And yet on the cross, Jesus nullified those accusations. Well, he destroyed that weapon and in so doing set us free. Free. Romans chapter 8. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Who? No one. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from Christ's love, which means you're free. Absolutely free. You know, Matt Chandler has this beautiful quote. He says, Love says, I've seen the ugly parts of you and I'm staying. Love says, I've seen the ugly parts of you and I'm staying. It's true in a marriage. It's what makes that relationship so beautiful. But it's true with Jesus as well. He knows the deepest, darkest parts of your heart. He knows every thought you've ever had. He paid for them all. And yet on the cross, Jesus said to you and me, I'm staying. You don't have to earn his love or acceptance. You couldn't hope to anyway. You can enter the throne room of grace and do it with confidence. Because on that tree, Jesus defeated sin and death and Satan. He left them in ruins. He set us free. Free from our old sin-dead life. Free from shame. Free from striving. Hallelujah. Jesus set us free. Oh God, how grateful we are for the cross. How grateful we are 
for the everlasting love that you have poured out on us. For your grace and mercy. The hope that we find in your name. Thank you so much, Jesus, that you came to us. It was left up to us if we had to somehow make our way to you. We never would have made it. We couldn't bridge the gap between us and you. We couldn't change your own hearts and you. You did what we couldn't. You came to us. You met us in the depth of our sin. You took our place. You destroyed our greatest enemy. And you set us free. So we lift up the name of Jesus. We honor you today. That our lives are built on you. That you are our great hope. And so we declare with all that we are as one people. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. And because we are in him, so are we. We bless you, Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.